expressed on this podcast, along with all episodes of the Grateful Thread podcast, are solely host opinions. Our content should not be taken as indisputable and is for entertainment purposes only. Hey Threadheads, welcome to the Grateful Thread Podcast, where we're creating a community for cool quilting newbies and experienced quilters to unite. So pull up a seat, because you can always sit with us. We're your hosts. I'm Lacey of Messy Quilts, and I am pumped for QuiltCon. I was going to say that. I know, because it's happening. That's just going to be mine, too. Okay. I'm excited for after activities and just chilling. Yeah. Just vibing. It's going to just be super low-key. We are so excited to see you guys. That uh, are we going. are very excited to see you guys. We got our stickers. We are ready to go. Yeah. You better hunt us down. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to go home with those stickers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we have we have free stickers. Yeah. So find us. You can sit with us. Stickers, holographic. Yeah. Um, come find us. Apparently people want to take pictures with us. I hope so. That was my goal. feel weird. That was one of your goals to be like recognized. And mm-hmm. I will take a picture with you guys if if you really want one um, i'm gonna make you do it yeah it'll be fine i'm fine go We're ahead good. ask me for a picture if you want <laughs> i'm just like not that cool so like you are that cool because you want to hear my review that i have for you yeah um fine. so the review we have is from kdh um and they say i am so excited i found you guys from an armchair expert podcast about quilting i just finished binging your entire backlog in a weekend i've been sewing for eight years but i just ventured into learning to quilt i have lost all my sojo and i haven't sewed anything since the beginning of the pandemic you and your guests have really inspired me and i'm excited to start my first quilting projects thanks for giving everyone a seat at your table okay because i'm number cool. one i keep forgetting that i did that because it happened a long time ago like number I one it. great review thank you katie for reviewing number two you are cool armchair expert yeah so those of you that don't know armchair expert um dak shepherd's podcast has a like subsidiary branch podcast by david farrier he's a new zealander marooned in america <laughs> trying to find out what america what makes americans tick <laughs> said in my non-new zealand accent because i'm not gonna i'm yeah. not gonna embarrass myself or offend anybody um but he just kind of goes over topics that are prevalent in America that he has found strange or odd or interesting as he's been living here and does like mini documentaries on them and they're on podcasts well their podcast format and he did one on quilting mm-hmm. and yours truly was interviewed and it was so you much shot your fun shot. because what didn't it start with dax and monica talking about quilting so on one of his previous episodes he had talked about episodes that he was wanting to do and monica dax dax's thing. co-host fact checker really wanted david to do a quilts episode and david was like "Mm, i don't know like that sounds dumb stupid i don't i don't think that's gonna be a good episode and immediately it was like the day that that episode aired i emailed him and was like david this is what you gotta do this is who you have to interview i wasn't expecting to be interviewed i truly just sent him a bunch of like 
prevalent quilting community people to interview that I wanted to hear from and sent him just some like cool like factoids and but like, then took the details. microphone home yeah. and was like maybe he'll and maybe he'll interview me yeah and so no that was like after we had already planned on it so oh, I, I just yeah. didn't have a date yet okay. um but he responded and was like, do you want to be interviewed? And I was like, I guess I do interviewing. So I could be interviewed. <laughs> I have all this stuff. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I got interviewed in October and the episode aired in December, right before Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like really a highlight of my year. But what I think was really, really, really special about it is how many People from our quilting community have, like, texted or emailed or DM'd me on Instagram saying, like, my family finally kind of gets it. Like, they have been sending me this episode. I've gotten it from Uh six people already, like, telling me how cool this episode is and I should listen to it. And you're my friend. Like, I think having other people from the outside quilt world... I know, like, they're muggles, but we also (laughs) want to, like, convert them a little bit. Right. So I think that episode achieved that a little bit and even changed, like, the mind of David. And Uh he was, like, pretty into quilts by the end of it. Yeah. It was awesome. Well, congrats on that. That That's a big way to shoot your shot, girl. That's really cool. So welcome. If you guys want to listen to it. (laughs) Yeah, we will. Um, So welcome, Katie H. Thanks for finding us. All right. um, Let's chat really quickly about what those reviews are are used for i think the world of reviewing like Mm -hmm. has kind of gotten out of control but as podcasters like we rely so so heavily on your reviews and ratings um like when you're finding a new podcast and it has really tanked ratings Mm -hmm. you're less likely to listen and tune in even if it's a topic that you're generally interested it's kind of like a red flag I personally give it a shot most of the time but I think that's just kind of like human nature to avoid it and I also am always looking at how like recent a podcast has been reviewed if it hasn't been reviewed for two years I'm probably not going to pick it up because the show's like dead and I don't want to be disappointed when it ends (laughs) (laughs) so like having ongoing reviews and ratings of preferably five stars um but you you guys can do what you want (laughs) (laughs) like it just really helps people find us yeah I don't think I don't think I genuinely don't think listeners understand how much it really helps it really really and chewing it and you can and you can even just push five stars you don't feel like you have to write anything we love seeing what you write because it helps us like makes us feel really good about ourselves but if you if you're not the writing type i get it and doesn't it help like the algorithm yeah like the podcast algorithm it bumps us Uh up and like helps us have more visibility so other people can listen to us too and so you don't have to talk to your spouses or cats about us you can talk to other people about us Mm -hmm. too (laughs) yep and sharing it on all your socials so thanks yeah so keep those up so what we do to like incentivize you guys, we kind of took a break because we were like, I don't, I don't know if people are really interested, but apparently you guys are because <laughs> we set a new goal for 200. And if we hit 200 ratings, yeah. ratings and reviews, um, we are going to be making two quilts. What was our deadline? We need to have the 
so we donated a quilt. Yeah. We made a quilt, and then it is now in a show. We're waiting for the quilt to come back. Yep. So the so show, from, once it gets back from the show, which has not yet occurred not at the happened. time of this recording, uh-huh. um, we had to record guys, early for QuiltCon. Yes. So we're recording this a little bit. So early. we don't really know what is at right now. Yep. When this airs, but but we are like racing you guys <laughs> to get our quilt back. If you guys beat us to two hundred ratings and reviews before we get that quilt back that is one of the previous auction quilts we're gonna make two more instead of just one oh, two more i thought you said just two. Oh yeah two more yeah, yeah. three you're so right we'll have three to auction off all at once so i mean i i'm i think our listeners are gonna do it i think so too because i was shooketh because <laughs> when i, I looked at the <laughs> i was like damn they're really doing they're it really doing it and I, and we have no eta on when that quote's coming back yeah so you, you it's gonna be a surprise for absolutely all of us, all of us. <laughs> microphone stand included <laughs> right all right so that's that update okay. yeah yep. okay so beat us to 200 and you guys get to donate more quilts into the world yep Okay. Uh, merch. Make sure you check out our merch. Yep. We added some new hoodies and crewnecks. And I think if you're listening to this right before QuiltCon, it's probably too late to get your shirt on time. But hopefully you'll see other people there or see photos of us enjoying our merch. And you'll jump on the bandwagon because mm-hmm. they're cozy. They are. Yeah, we're both. <laughs> I was just going to say that. We both. I wish this was recorded because, like, the way we both were going to say it. We're both wearing them, but also <laughs> look down at our own shirt to make sure we're actually, actually. wearing it. Because <laughs> I remember you walked in. I was like, oh, we're, we're the same. We're twins. <laughs> Lacey has on the gray crew neck, and I have on the black hoodie. And I think you live in that one, and I live in this one. Yeah. They wash so well. Yeah. I wear this almost every day yeah and so i wash it me yeah you do yeah you do because i see you every day on marco (laughs) (laughs) oh man yeah find merch uh thegratefulthreadpodcast.com yep all right um our next guest for this episode is my friend a fellow socialite for agf art gallery fabrics she is a new yorker she is a mom to one and a half little babies she's super creative i love her design process and getting to spend time with her like just on instagram dms and texting we share a lot of design work back and forth and workshop things together and i just love the way her brain works i love her creativity i love her like sense of inspiration um she is just such a warm like light in mm-hmm. the quilting she world. really is so we are introducing you to our good friend vicati today on the podcast we hope you guys like this episode hi vicati thank you so much for <laughs> coming <laughs> thank you so much for having me yeah this is gonna be a great interview um so first of all will you start us off with telling our listeners a little bit about yourself where you're from your personal life yes so my name is vicati Plybon. i live in new york city but I was born and raised in the Dominican Republic. Um, my parents migrated here, not my mom, migrated with three teenagers when I was 15 years old. And I've been here ever since. Well, that's cool. What was that like joining high school in America? Yeah. <laughs> in it New was York. really hard because I was, 
So I was ready to do my senior year of high school, even though I was only 15 years old. Um, my dad was a teacher, so I was, they taught me everything at home. So I skipped a few grades, um, started school at two years old. I was really smart. I don't know what happened, but I was you are really, really you smart. Are so-, <laughs> <laughs> um, so when I came here, I didn't speak the language. So I had to repeat my junior year. And I was also way too young to do a senior year at 15. Yeah. So it was really difficult. Yeah. 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 I feel like, so then you were our a teacher. Like, I think just having that extra context, like, could you imagine after being with high schoolers now, like seeing like a little 15 year old with like the older senior kids? <laughs> yeah. And I think um, having that experience migrating at 15, not knowing the language is what inspired me to be a teacher. I work with students who are the same population as I was, newly immigrants, don't speak the language, but I teach them Spanish as an English language arts class. So they have something to succeed in, something that they already know while they're learning English and progressing here. That's really cool. Yeah, she's the coolest. That is really that's cool. That's why she's on the show. I know, that's why we <laughs> um, So what are you, what are you doing cool. now? I'm currently on childcare leave. Um, I struggled a lot with being a new mom during the pandemic. My mental health was a mess. I worked for a year last year and it was the worst year of my life. So I decided to take another year off and just regroup myself and get back to my old me. Good for you. Yeah. I feel like as an outsider looking in, I actually didn't know that you hadn't gone back in the fall. I think you, I learned that in like October and I was like, oh, it makes sense. Like you have come like so far out of like your I don't think it was your shell. I think it was just that like cloak of like the weight of like anxiety and depression and like that realm, but like watching you flourish over the summer, like with your business and your pattern releases and then just like (laughs) killing it in the fall. And then I learned that in October, I was like, oh yes, this girl is like doing stuff for herself. And it's really cool to see. Yeah. It feels really good to do something for myself. Yeah. And not having the extra weight and expectations of being a teacher. Being a teacher in the United States is really difficult. Yeah, it's exhausting. Yeah. Well, and recognizing that you did need a break is a big deal. It's a big deal. Yeah. A That's deal. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. I know it's no joke. Okay. Can you tell us how you got started in quilting? I think you have one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. And like, I love the story about how you were raised and like what your mom did. Yeah, so it's a really long story. I'm going to try to... Go for it. That's okay. As much <laughs> as uh, but my mom is a fashion designer in the Dominican Republic. Um, she had her own little business, making clothes for people bes- bespoke. Is that the word? Yep. So custom made. People will come, request what they wanted, and she will make it. She also worked for a few companies, making their uniforms for the employees, and a lot of school uniforms during school season. So I grew up in that environment. I would help out as much as I could. But I was expected to help out so much that to me, it was just like a chore and I didn't want to do it (laughs) um, at all. But um, when we moved here to the United States, my mom was not sewing at all. She was she's working in a different field right now. Um, sorry, I'm a little out of breath because this baby is like pushing. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe. <laughs> um, so she, um, we moved here to the United States. She's in a different field and 
once I saw a machine on Facebook Marketplace, somebody was selling, and it was a machine that reminded me of one that she had in the Dominican Republic. She used to have a treadle for the hours that we didn't have electricity during the day so that she could keep her business going. Um, and that machine reminded me of that one. So I bought it. It didn't work. So I looked up on YouTube University how to fix it. <laughs> YouTube University. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did a lot of research. I fixed it up. I I rewired the motor or something with my uncle, got it nice and running, and I gave it to her. And she's like, I don't want this. I have, first of all, she wasn't selling, but she had already like three machines in her apartment. She's like, I don't have the space. I don't need it. You keep it. And so I did. And <laughs> I started collecting vintage sewing machines I cut the bug and I just started fixing them up flipping them and selling them and then I learned about the Singer Featherweight which is like really small machines like 11 pounds at most and I was researching online online and he said it was the perfect machine for quilters and I did not know what a quilter was so I googled it and I've been quilting ever since. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. End interview. Thank you, Singer. That's right. Do you have a featherweight now then still? I do. Yes, I have one. It's called a collector's item because it has the wrinkled black matte finish. It's really, really cool. Yeah. I'll send you a picture. Yes. Um, so I have that one. And I have another Singer, a 301. And one that sits on a table, uh, two of one that I had repainted in purple and it's nice and beautiful. Cute. So it's your color. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, so then how would you describe your overall quilting style and design? Did it just kind of come naturally or? I think it came natural to me. I was doing a lot of like Etsy craft uh, quilt kits and I did different styles. There was one like a Civil War era reproduction one and some modern ones. And I really gravitated more towards the brighter modern color ones. And that's what I do. That's what I like the most. And like definitely mm -hmm. geometric type of shapes and stuff. And yes, definitely geometric, symmetrical, really like cohesive. Your eye doesn't have one spot to look at. It goes everywhere. For those people listening that haven't seen your work, can you describe what you draw your inspiration from? And I think like once you say it, it'll all click for them listening. They'll be like, oh, <laughs> yes. Um, I think I find inspiration a little bit everywhere. Like a lot of my daughter books have really cool color combinations and I like to pull inspiration from there. Uh, but design wise, I do a lot for my home um, in the Dominican Republic. One of my patterns is based on a tile that was in my grandma's house. And it's really concentric circles, really, really cool. And um, I just made that into a pattern. Um, so, yeah, I just find inspiration wherever I see it. I don't know if that makes sense. <laughs> um, so you worked through, um, you started quilting. When did you start quilting? It was my New Year's Resolution 2018. 2018, okay. To learn how to quilt. Awesome. Mm -hmm. And then... Um, Last year, you joined Ashlyn doing the AGF Socialite, which is such a cool thing to see that that's happening. Um, can you describe what it was like to curate the AGF bundle? Curating that bundle was a mess <laughs> for me, <laughs> but I did have, I, I had a lot of help. So Victoria, midlife quilter, 
he helped me out a lot with putting a cohesive color story. I knew that I wanted bright colors. I knew that I wanted something that was that reflected me. So bright, vivid, like super saturated colors. Um, so I asked her for her help a lot because she used to put bundles together for her shop. And also one of my coworkers um, at school also helped me with putting the colors together and selecting those. But I have no experience with color theory. I have no experience with art. Like I never considered myself an artistic person or like knowing I don't paint, I don't draw other than like stick figures. <laughs> so it was, it was a lot because you have to do it so fast. And we have such a little period, small period of time to do it and it had to be perfect and it had to reflect you. And it did it feel like a fever dream? Like we had to do that so fast. It really did. <laughs> it was like only cool, one week to get us this. We were like, <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And what it was did you a lot think? of pressure. What was, e- was there anything easy about the process? Was there anything that surprised you about doing that? Just the quick turnaround? Some. What I found easy was finding the colors that I really wanted. I knew that I wanted purple because that was my favorite color. I knew that I wanted pink and I knew that I wanted those two. And then going from there and adding the other colors to make the bundle, that, that was what it was what I found difficult. But what I found easiest was this is what I want because this is what I like. And that's what we're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I was like so surprised by how quickly the produced the bundles like I guess the fabric already existed so they had to cut it but just like producing the labels for the packaging and everything when they Mm -hmm. like sent it to us I was like that was that was wicked fast so yeah and how the the labels the packaging that they created reflects us so much as well yeah that was really cool to see they took what we gave them those storyboards and really put that all together to reflect our styles. Yeah. I, it, it was a really cool experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll yeah. pivot a little bit, but I've been on a zoom meeting with you while you were cutting fabric <laughs> and I perceived it as your kitchen counter was, is that accurate? <laughs> okay. That is a hundred percent accurate. Yes. <laughs> is that where you typically cut fabric? Was that like a mom multitasking moment? <laughs> what does your sewing space usually look like? Um, because I live in New York city, our spaces are really, really small. Um, so we bought an apartment and the previous owners, it used to be an L shaped living room. And so they enclosed a wall by the kitchen. They had a little nursery in there with a little crib, a rocking chair and a table. That's all they could fit in there. Um, and so when we bought this apartment, it was nice that the space was already set up. I didn't have to create that space, but I can touch every wall with my arms. So it's not really <laughs> a big space. <laughs> no. uh, so I cannot fit a cutting table in there. So I have to cut my materials on my kitchen counter. Yes. Gotcha. And I use, I use canned products to hold my rules table and my fabric from shifting when I'm cutting. I, I think like we would all love to see more photos of yeah. the studio. I think I have like a makeshift space. It's like semi-permanent, but little kids, I have to like almost fully clean up everything like when I'm done. Otherwise it gets uh, manhandled and moved and stuff. And I think, I think we see the like beautiful room studios on Instagram a lot. And like that's kind of the perception. Spaces. 
of like what everybody is sewing in. And it's just really not the reality. I think most people are sewing on their kitchen tables and have to put their machine back in the closet when they're done and don't have a huge design wall. So I think, I think it's like refreshing to have that reality presented. I should, but I'm also embarrassed of how messy it is all the time. (laughs) And I'm not typically a messy person, but it's such a small space that I have no space to put anything anywhere. Um, But I should, I should post more about it. Well, and it's not it like quilting is, yeah, it's not like quilting is that organized either, right? Like you think like, oh, I'm just going to sew this, but then it just grows. Your fabric stash just grows. <laughs> I literally have to take a picture off of my wall and move it so I can use the thumbtacks that are on permanently on the wall so I can hang up my portable design wall. And like when I'm done with the quilt for a week or a half a week, I hang the giant picture back up on the wall. <laughs> What I do to take up, to do a design wall, my daughter has this little wall in our living room where she has all her toys. So I have to move everything out of the way when she goes to school in the morning, put the design wall, which is just batting. I tape it with painter's tape to my wall. And then I arrange what I need. I do my best to do it as quickly as possible. Take a picture before she comes home and then save that picture so that I can then assemble my cold top later and then put everything back the way it goes yes okay i love this <laughs> yeah i love it too <laughs> this is a realistic quilter <laughs> that's right i thought i did a little video of me putting that up and moving everything out of the way and then i tried to edit it to put it and it was like over two minutes long i was like there's nothing yeah exactly there's nothing I can cut because it is sped up already so it's just a very long process the amount of times I've done a process video and the same in like there's nothing I can cut yeah this is 12 minutes exactly how it is (laughs) exactly um do you have any other like um products that you use or anything that like you use in your space to help keep it organized or is it just kind of like containers or anything you can I make? use a lot of Ziploc bags because okay. I can just you know, yeah that's containers are too rigid and oh. so you need to have a space to put the container yeah but a Ziploc bag you can just you know squeeze them as flat as possible yeah. and just yeah, that's, yeah. I'm somewhere. a Ziploc bag lover you are. too <laughs> I, w- I won't lie the organizational pantries with all the containers stress me out yeah I'm like the I do not like them <laughs> <laughs> with the beautiful like clear uh-huh, containers yeah, they target stress me out a little i do love them so much <laughs> they're cute but you have to spend so much time folding the fabric to make it look pretty and then when right. you use it it's not as pretty anymore yeah. so you have to fold more fabric to put it in there <laughs> it's a vicious cycle i will admit because i use those clear ones to organize most of my stash and like once you pull something out <laughs> there's like a hole <laughs> and what are you going to do? You got to fill it. But does that new fabric that you bought go, go in that in hole? Spot? No, you got to reorganize all the clear bins now to be color coordinated because <laughs> that's how my brain works. <laughs> if you give a mouse a cookie, yeah. if you are going to use clear bins, it's got to be color coordinated. Oh. <laughs> it's so much work. Uh-huh. Organization is a lot of work. <laughs> It is on top of already quilting and being a mom and being a mom. No big deal. (laughs) No big deal. Um, Okay. So you mentioned that your mom was a garment maker. Um, So you have a great garment making skills um, that Ash you've seen in person. Yes. Yeah. I 
she made the most gorgeous like shirt from the new Duvall, like Susie quilts fabric. Yeah. And she wore it in Florida. And I was just so jealous. And I was like, <laughs> I know that's handmade because I know the fabric. But if I didn't know the fabric, I would be like, that's a really cute shirt. Where'd you get it? <laughs> You're just walk, casually walking around with these skills. What's it like? <laughs> what is that like? um I feel like it percolated through being in the environment with my mom for so long Uh, my mom makes her own patterns I don't I buy patterns online um and that top that I used was from Helen's Closet yeah that's her name Helen's Closet the Lawrence top it was a really easy straightforward pattern to do I don't make as many garments as I would like to for myself I just don't have the time When I had my baby girl, I had a dream that I was going to be making her all these dresses and I bought all these patterns to make her cute outfits. It's just like, no, mom, I want leggings and a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Leggings (laughs) that I put a hole in four minutes after I step outside. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then she only likes like red, green, blue, black. And Those are the only colors she would wear. Anything that's pink or yellow or peach is too beautiful. And she's like, I don't want beautiful. I want cool. Like You're, you're raising a New Yorker. Yes. <laughs> you're on track. You're on track. Doing a great job. That's right. So, yeah, I don't make as many garments for me as I would like to. I wish I had more time. Um, maybe I should make the time for myself, but... There's so many quotes to me. Should is so hard. I cry like probably every other week about not having enough creative time in the rest of my life to make all the things that I want to make. And that includes like sewing and quilting and knitting. And I I don't know. I think it's like a common creative person experience where we just know we don't have enough time to do all the all the things. I even think if you did it full time, it still wouldn't feel like it's enough. Yeah. You know. That's right. I feel like I need an extra five hours a day just for creative time. I sent her a Marco Polo about this two days ago. I was like, I, I feel like I do, like, I'm not wasting time. I'm not mindlessly scrolling. I'm in and out of Instagram to do my business stuff. I'm off. And then I'm, I spend most of my day creating. And then it's like never enough at the end of the day. And I want six more hours before bedtime. It just that's right I don't want the day to end I want more time to make and then if you try to stretch your day out it's already 2 a.m you're like oh shoot you're gonna be up by six tomorrow I've already failed the next yeah. day <laughs> that's right yeah awesome. it's hard do you have any like upcoming projects that you're excited about and can share with our listeners Yes, so I'm working with a Fat Quarter shop right now. We're working on a project for Black History Month. It is called the Stronger Together Project for 2024. It's a quilt along. I, along with four um, designers of color, Black women designed four blocks for this quilt along. Um, It's already going. It's going to go through February. Um, The pattern is free, and all you have to do is make a donation um, for UNCF, which is the United Negro College Fund. Super cool. I love that they do that. And I love that they have included you guys and like made that a priority. I think it's really special that the quilting industry is like really shifting towards being mindful of like the organizations and the people that they support by choice. Mm -hmm. So 
It's really yeah, cool. I'm really honored that they invited me to be part of this group. Um, it's my first time participating in this quilt along project, and I'm really excited for it. The quilt is really pretty, and the blocks are super fun. So, yeah, it's really cool. Thank you. We'll link it all on the show notes so our listeners can check that out and yeah. get involved. Yes, um, thank you. What is your favorite thing about the quilting world? I like how nice people are. And I mean, not, not like the bored people who are just trolling on the internet, but like people Lacey. who are willingly. The troll? <laughs> yeah, she's such a jerk. No, I'm the golden, uh, I'm the golden retriever of Instagram. <laughs> I'm just so happy to be there. Anyway. Oh, but I found a really nice community that have received me with open arms and are here cheering me on. And I love it. I just love to pay it forward and just keep that momentum going, you know, lifting, lifting each other up and supporting each other. Yeah, super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what's a way that you hope to change the industry or leave leave a mark on it? Um, well, I started writing patterns because there were not many designers of color writing patterns at the time. And I just want to leave this mark, show my face, show that people of color are here. We are also creative. We're also making and writing and designing patterns and because Alan support us. I love that. Yeah. I love the, like, I can't remember which like business marketing book it is, but it's a lot of like, do people like me do things like this? And I think talking to my friends of color that are quilters as well, it's just like the lack of representation has always been an issue. So I think what you're doing is really, really cool because there's people making your patterns that look like you and there's little kids receiving those quilts that look like you and like just to see people out in the world doing the thing that has been so traditionally dominated by like white women and old ladies Mm -hmm. (laughs) like is really beautiful so I think you taking up space here is really powerful and beautiful Mm -hmm. thank you it's really great yeah all right. Anything else? Yeah. Is there anything else you want to share with our listeners where they can find you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram. I'm at Sospicious, and that's S E W S P I C I O U S. Oh, I did that. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. Go, um, team, and my go. website is on, <laughs> my website is the same day. Sospicious.com. Awesome. We will link those in the show notes and we'll be sharing that on Instagram as well. So, all right. Thank Thank you you. so, so much for hopping on and joining us and sharing with our listeners. Thank you so much for having me. So much. We love you. (laughs) Oh, I love me too. So much. (laughs) Good. Everybody needs to implement that. (laughs) I love you guys too. Thanks to Katie. Bye friend. Thank you. Bye. Uh, okay, the Katie top notch. So cute. She looks so like calming too. Like she her is. space and she's her peaceful. air. She's peaceful. She was saying she's like disorganized and her stuff is everywhere, but I like don't believe it. I don't it. believe it either. She's so like tidy and mm-hmm. yeah, just what a it? like beautiful soul, beautiful person, mm-hmm. beautiful quilter. Yeah, thanks to Katie for joining us. Um, yeah, you. I'm excited to see where the world takes her. Yeah, she's gonna do some good big things. So she has grown so much. Like just her account has grown, but just yeah, 
I don't know. It's fun to see people stepped out into the quilting world with like a plan. And when they like stick to mm-hmm. the plan and execute it, it's like watching an, like an Olympian like do their thing. <laughs> sure. I'm going to start crying because like, God, why do I cry during the Olympics so much? Guys, it's like the most bizarre thing. Hi, I'm Ashlyn and I cry during sporting events. Is it events. because you used to be an athlete and you get it? Probably like yeah. just like the amount of you are an athlete. Time. Not you used to be. You are. No, you are. You're legit like one of the strongest people I know. I, not we at talked the moment, about this. But yeah. Okay. okay. I, I lift weights. It's fine. <laughs> Just the amount of time and training that goes into that and uh-huh. like the life sacrifices in general. Mm-hmm. It's just like, God, why am I like choking up so stupid <laughs> and like watching gymnasts like do their thing and like stick a landing and uh-huh. just like i don't know but katie is that gymnast yeah well and to like start quilting and then pandemic hits and her recognizing yeah like i need mental health yeah help right break. now yeah. and then jumping in and leaving teaching that's a big deal yeah so i'm excited for your journey but katie keep it up yeah all right, a reminder about merch. We got that new stuff up on the website. Yep, and your merch orders help us keep to keep going. Yeah, like we, this, this we, is... have, we haven't scaled back, but I think we've re-evaluated our goals with this podcast, and that's how you can support us. Mm-hmm. That it, and reviews. Website going, yeah, like it's just there is still financial cost to it, and so your merch. And honestly, we still screenshot the orders and said, did you see the order number come through? And it's like still so exciting. <laughs> like we have over 200 or like way over 200 orders at this point and it's still just like, feels like the first every one. single one is like exciting like it's a did you see the order yeah still a t-shirt <laughs> so thank you yeah thank you guys and i we recognize that not everybody like we're not everybody's style of t-shirt mm-hmm. and don't feel pressured but grab yourself a t-shirt and if you don't want one can't afford it then go like, leave us a rating. like our posts yeah <laughs> there's like, a lot of free things you free can do things to support us share us like you guys are doing it and doing we are it. so grateful we Thank love you. you all right um where you can find us we are on instagram as the grateful thread podcast i am ashlyn at urban dwell studio I'm Lacey at Messy Quilts. And our guest, the Katie, is so suspicious. We will link her directly in the show notes. So from your listening app, you can go into like the show description and it'll give you all the links to all the things. And it'll take you to the show notes as well. And you can see a picture of the Katie's cute shirt and her (laughs) featherweight and just fall in love with her like I am. So (laughs) that's all. All right. That's it. See you next time. See ya. The Grateful Thread Podcast is created, hosted, and produced by Ashlyn Downs and Lacey Messerly. Our sound engineer is Nicholas Downs. Hey, husband. Don't forget that we love reading those reviews on the Apple Podcasts and that those readings help other quilters find our community. So consider extending an invitation to someone out in the quiltiverse when you hit those five stars and share what your favorite episode is. And if you didn't like it, I will meet you in the parking lot at QuiltCon and we can fight it out. You could, uh, I'll be there. I'll be your okay. backup. You'll be the referee. I don't actually know how fighting works, but I'll figure it out. I did just, we did just talk about how strong I am. It's so true. Think wisely. You could go leave a rating or we could fight at Quilka. <laughs> Bye, Bye Threadheads. Thread <laughs> <laughs>
Are we testing? Yeah, we're testing. Test one, two. Nick, I missed the bloopers. So bring back the bloopers. I wait to the very tippy end and it just doesn't, it's not there and it's sad. Testing. How's it going? We're recording a podcast. Hello. We have a lot to do still. My name is Ashlyn. What is your name? Lacey. Who are you? What's your name? Sound okay still? I hope so. I'm leaning in pretty good. I can't hear you until it plays back. Okay. So. All right. Well, we're raw dogging it. <laughs> uh, speaking of, have you watched Saltburn yet? No. Ashlyn's 52nd movie review, Saltburn. Okay. Saltburn? Yeah, watch it alone. Don't watch it with your husband. <laughs> <laughs> what streaming service is it on? Um, Prime. Okay. Saltburn. Dang. Yeah. Okay. Watch it by yourself. <laughs> So you don't Because it's like actually a good movie. Oh, movie. That's even better. Um, it's like it gets pretty spicy at some parts, but the way TikTok talked about it, I expected that to be like the film, like the main theme. Uh-huh. But like the filming was beautiful. The story, it actually had a storyline. It like gave indie film, but with a point. Burn is about desire and obsession. Yeah. You're going to dig in. it. It's good. Mm-hmm.